Hello, everyone, and welcome to the official New Japan Pro Wrestling English podcast. My name is Chris Charlton, and this is another of our at-home sessions uh, during the current global uh, situation. But uh, it's allowing us to take on new guests and, and have new conversations we wouldn't normally. And that's why I'm very happy to be joined on this episode by a former two-time IWGP Tag Team Champion, a former two-time IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Uh, his book, Strong Style, is available right now, uh, wherever books are sold. Scott Norton, thank you so much for, for joining us here today. Man, it's awesome. Great. Glad to be on. We're going to sort of have a, a fun time uh, here today uh, talking about your, your past career in Japan and uh, two or three matches uh, that you can find on njpwworld.com uh, from the archives here. But uh, first of all, I was, I was wondering, Scott, I know uh, last year you, you came to the, the G1 opener in, uh, in Dallas. And, uh, you know, have you been keeping up with, with the, the current goings on in, in New Japan at all? I have a little bit, you know, I mean, uh, not as much as I, you know, it's a little different once you get step away from it and, you know, I'm retired and I, you know, when I'm around it, I love it. I miss it so much. Uh, but as far as, you know, I keep track of like, you know, some of the guys and it's just, uh, you know, I'm really happy how, how well New Japan is doing here in the States. And, uh, you know, it was great. It was great catching up with all the boys and, seen uh, a very a variety of the of the guys mm. and uh you know i i uh, had the chance to to read the book last year and it's it's a really really uh recommended read it, it's a really fun um you know look back at your career what was the the process what sort of drove you to to think that now was the time to put all that to paper and and what was the the writing process like for you well you know it was awesome i mean i I worked a guy named Adam Randis that uh, was one of my number one fans, and uh, he's just a fantastic writer. And, you know, just going over my whole career in New Japan with all my arm wrestling stuff and, you know, growing up as a, a kid in Minnesota with, you know, Rick Rude Hawk, going through Brett Reagan's camp, my arm wrestling career, it was uh, – it was, it's a great, it's a great read and it was a lot of fun doing it. You know, my professional career was amazing in Japan. I, New Japan was to me was the pinnacle. I mean, being in that company for as long as I was, was very important to me. And, uh, I'm very grateful for the career I had in Japan and, uh, the friendships I made over the years, the opportunities they gave me. And, uh, you know, it was a great relationship for a long time. One of the, the things that surprised me uh, reading the book, you know, I think a lot of the the hardcore New Japan fans would, would know you uh, coming into uh, the scene in in the 90s and, and touring regularly um, from, what, around uh, late 1990, was that right? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you were actually invited and, and you met Masa Saito back in 1987 and, and they wanted you in at, at that point, correct? Yeah. You know, it, it took a while. You know, I went back to the States and uh, went through Brad's camp. Then, you know, met with Masa again. Masa told me, he says, you got to get some TV experience. So immediately I went with the AWA for right before they uh, closed down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to Portland, Oregon, worked for Don Owens in the Pacific Northwest for a year. And when the time came, they gave me the call. 
when they thought I was ready, and uh, it was a, a whirlwind after that. It was a kind of at that time where you know, that there were a lot of famous, almost legendary stories, you know, in in the early nineties. And I know um, Tiger Hattori, who retired recently um, from refereeing, you know, he did a, an interview with us and was talking about how often he would be called to Harajuku police station because uh, some of the foreign boys had been fighting in, in some bar somewhere. Um, was that, was yeah. that Tiger never mentioned your name in the interview. But, but did you? No, I didn't do that. I, 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 when I went to Japan, I went there as a professional, I, you know, I knew that they were giving me an opportunity that was second to none. You know, Masi used to keep me away from that. Uh, there's two towers in the uh, the Keo Plaza, the North Tower and the Main Tower. Mm. So all the boys stayed in the North Tower, and I stayed in the Main Tower. He kept me away from me. He told me, he says, you just stay out of trouble. You listen to me and do what I tell you, you're going to go a long ways. And I did that. <laughs> Not to say I didn't have some fun in Japan. We went out and did our things. But when it came time for that kind of thing, uh, I didn't get too involved. Smart. <laughs> Smart, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it worked. Uh, the, uh, I saw recently, I, th- I think the other day, you, you, you shared a picture of uh, a Tokyo Dome after party from, from 91 and, and Ric Flair putting his Rolex <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. You see, that's that's when Masa, that night was crazy. And uh, me and Butch Reed arm wrestled later on in the evening that night. Mm-hmm. And we wrestled arm wrestled for our payoffs. No. <laughs> And I, I told him I'd beat him in one second. And when I did, he just went nuts. <laughs> and yeah, we were to go outside and throw it on and let it rip. And Arn Anderson, Flair, and Moss, and everybody broke it up. And they got Butch going one way, and they got me going the other. And then right after that, that's when Moss told me, and the man laid the law down on me. He says, this ain't going to work for you. You know, I'm trusting you. I want you to come here and give me your best. And, you know, I listened to him. I was, you know, Moss met a great deal with me. And what he said, I tried. I did. And Mm. uh, he was more than fair of me forever. Best friend in the business I possibly could ever have. uh, I trusted Moss. It was an awesome uh, friendship. And I was right. I did the right thing. Listening to him was the right thing to do, so it was good. Yeah, and no, I mean that that showed with the the just the the length of the the career that you had in Japan, which was you know at well, close to around about sixteen years. You know, I mean you're still wrestling through through the, the mid two thousands for for New Japan. So I mean it, it was a a real sort of indication of you know that long term investment, the long term almost a, a partnership that that you had with us here. Yeah, I mean it was. It was a whole different style. I mean, it was a, it was so much rougher and, and hardcore than it was in the states. And I mean, like right now, you know, I mean, I'm paying paying the price for it. Believe me, I, I got my right knee replaced. I'm getting my left one replaced after that, and then early next year, I'm getting both shoulders done. Wow. But you know, we worked. I mean, we didn't we didn't take matches off. We 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 gutted everything out. That was a strong style, brother. And I mean. When you got the call from New Japan back in the '90s, early 2000s, that was it, man. You were—that's where you wanted to be, and I, you know, that's to me it was the pinnacle. It was the best. 
I love that company. I loved everything about it. All the boys, I got friendships that are just amazing. The, the company, you know, it was just an awesome place for me to wrestle. It was perfect for me. I was made for that place. Mm. And there was, I mean, you you became, and you know, the, the 1990s is a, a huge boom period for pro wrestling in general in in Japan and and especially for New Japan. But the, you 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 became a, a mainstream celebrity, and and you, you know, there, there's some you told the stories in the in the the book about you know the commercials you did, and uh, you know, my favorite thing, if if you are very adept at YouTube searching, the uh, the pushing the buses. Done, done <laughs> That was crazy. That was awesome. How did that come about? Well, <laughs> uh, I showed up. I showed up for a tour. We're doing our first TV, the first night of the tour, and Moss comes walking in the, in the locker room and he looks at me. He goes, "You got good sneakers?" And I said, "You know, back then I used to buy a, a pair, of, new pair of tennis shoes for every tour. It's crazy." And I said, "Yeah, I got good shoes." I mean, what do you mean? And he goes, "Good." He just turned around and walked away. I go, I, I remember turning to a, one of the boys and said, what the hell is that all about? <laughs> so later on that night, I went out to, to dinner with Masa Hattori. I think it was me, Ben Juan, a couple of other boys. And uh, Masa told me, in two weeks, you push bus. I says, I push bus? He says, yeah, big contest. You got to win. You be good boy. Says, oh, you know, and I was, you know, I listened to Masa, so. A couple of weeks later, here I am on a Saturday afternoon. Got all these people out there, and they got big rural buses going. And I said, for crying out loud. And, uh, man, it was it was something I'll never forget. It was, it was pretty <laughs> cool. And it, you know, I'm glad it happened. It's, it went crazy. Everybody, you know, they would, I would, I'd be walking down the street, going to a hotel or uh, a restaurant and I'll say, no, just uh, no, just and I'm looking around and go, what the, who the hell's calling my name? And I look over here and there's this bus driver <laughs> standing behind his bus. Like he's pushing it right. and he's jumping up and down and, he, and me and Hawk are walking to the, to a steakhouse right close to the Keogh Plaza. <laughs> and we just about busted out, man. I said, and so we walked over there and he asked me to sign his bus and everything. And it was just, it was so cool, you know. The people were so good to us, and it was they appreciated everything you did, and uh, that was, and I mean, that was one tough push. I thought I was losing when I looked to the right. I didn't see any buses. No, oh, you were oh, that far in front. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting killed here, so I just stuck my head down and just went nuts. And then when I finally finished, I realized I was about two miles ahead of everybody, and I could have <laughs> just coasted it. <laughs> But well, that's good the days, man. I mean, it was a lot of fun back then. That's got to be a relief, right? Because I mean, you know, you're you're put in this situation with with two other two other athletes, and and you're representing you know the entire you know New Japan Pro Wrestling and the, and the entire pro wrestling scene at, at that point. You know, very similar to you know how later on in and in the early two thousands you you'd see wrestlers going to MMA fights and, and whatnot. You know, yep. there's a lot of pressure oh, being put on you. That's exactly how my don't you lose. I says okay, and I mean he. I mean when Masa talked to you, you could tell when he was serious. Mm. And I mean he was a serious dude, and uh, I remember we went, you know because that night we went out. You know Masa ordered around the beers and I got water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He says, you know, party this tour. I said, hey, you push bus, then party. I said, All right. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty wild. You know, and that's, it's a great memory. Cause me and Hawk, you know, I love Mike and Mike was there. He was just going nuts. It was kind of by me back in my arm wrestling days when me and Hawk would go to these tours, tournaments. And it was just, it was pretty cool. Hmm. Tremendous. Okay, so uh, what I wanted to do here today is take a look back at two or three of the matches that we can find from Scott on NJPWWorld.com. And uh, New Japan World, right now, even though there's there's no live events uh, going on at the moment, uh, the NJPW Together project has uh, allowed so much great content to be put on that service. We're getting uh, new archival matches added almost on a daily basis, a lot of them with English commentary from uh, the our great partner Kevin Kelly um, we're also having new documentaries uh, movies you can even see uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and my dad's a heel wrestler um, almost almost as, as effective a starring role as, as Scott Norton in Over the Top <laughs> so we'll uh, we want to have a look at uh, two or three of these, these matches and I, I picked out uh, a few matches here to take a look at and the first I wanted to talk about or the first opponent of yours um, was of course Big Van Vader and uh, there's a, a great match to to look back on from May the 31st 1991 Osaka Joe Hall where it was uh, Vader versus Scott Norton and uh, this one's got I mean nowadays in May uh, we tend to have the best of the super junior tour where it's, it's a focus on the junior heavyweights uh, but in the early 90s and, and 1991 this was the clash of the super heavyweights tour so a complete sort of 180 from where we are 180. <laughs> at this time of year yeah, and... i was always on the junior tour every junior tour i was on it mm-hmm. and i tell you something, that was awesome but those junior tours were tournaments were absolutely the best wrestling you could ever see mm-hmm. but yeah that was I did. I never realized that, but that's okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and you know, I mean, here you have obviously the the attraction of of the the two just just giants with with yourself and and Vader. Um, Bam Bam was around at the time, and of course, you know, guys like Hashimoto. You know, I mean, Japanese super heavyweights oh. as, as well. Um, but the 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 role i guess you know it's it's kind of a, a forgotten art or a forgotten role um of the the giant monster foreign uh heel wrestler that that uh you know that used to be so prevalent of these these huge uh american giants walking into to japan yeah you know, I, I wanted to ask how do you think that the the role of uh, a non-japanese wrestler has changed uh, over the time when you were active and and your time away from it now well when i when i started in new japan i mean vader was a great heel vader was an unbelievable big man in the ring super talented and everything and I remember Masa just get being frustrated. He says, you know, he wanted me to be just this killer. And I, and I was, when I hit the ring brother, I mean, it was, it was on. And I, I mean, I lit the candle brother and we went, but the people, they, they always responded to me in a favorable way. You know, I, I remember hitting Muda with finish with just huge moves, just crushing them. And they'd pop cheer, you know, and I'm just, you know, they're not, and it just, you know, monster just pulls hair out. He says, I trust you. You just do what you do. Mm. So, you know, the monster hill thing was cool as far as 
all the Americans going over to get in the heat and what whatever happened. You know, Leon was great at, Bam Bam was great at, all the boys, you know, Stan Hansen, Steve, all of them. But I was different. I mean, the, the fans took to me a little bit differently. Mm. And even even like Team 2000 and NWO days, they just, you know, I mean, I just, so I wasn't a monster heel, but I was just a, you know, a real solid, strong style wrestler. And I mean, you know, I, I brought it. This is something you you see in that that match with Vader. There is not a moment, <laughs> you know, in the in this uh, the the entire video on, on njpwworld.com. There, there's not a moment that doesn't look incredibly painful. <laughs> um, oh, it was a, I wish I wish Leon would have never left because we'd had <laughs> we we could have had some great matches over the years, mm. but he did, you know, and that's okay. I mean, business is business. Whatever happens, you know, whatever takes you, where it takes you. But he was a great, a great wrestler, and uh, yeah, I'll tell you some. Uh, there were live rounds, brother. I mean, we were, you know, we didn't like each other in the ring. I mean, it's not that I didn't like Leon professionally. You know, he was a super talented pro wrestler. As an individual, we didn't click too much. <laughs> never, you know, we never became friends or anything. I respected him. I mean, inside the ring, I mean, uh, we had no problem cracking the hell out of each other, and uh, we did. Was there ever like a, a sense of competition between those, you know, that that top flight of of heavyweight American wrestlers? You know, I mean, Vader was you know two or three years before you came in in, in eighty seven, and and was really no the, the, the top. Yeah, Liam was pissed that I came in. Mm. And, you know, and you know, I got an opportunity. You know, I, you know, if I, they're they're gonna bring guys. They brought guys in on me all the time when I was the top number one guy. I mean, there was guys brought in yearly, and they were just, you know, they're gonna make you stand your toes. And when I came in, and you know, my first match with uh, Choshu Hassan and Kinski it was me, Brad Reagan, and Bad News Brown. The place went nuts. I mean, they were, I mean, it just, I, they just, it turned on to me immediately. My first five minutes in the ring, I was just, I, I never heard anything like it. And, you know, it, for whatever reason, I worked in Japan and they, it worked for me. It was perfect. And Leon didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and I can understand he was, you know, he worked hard for his position. He didn't want to let go of it either. But, you know, they bring guys in, man. And I tell you what, you know, it's a dog-eat-dog. And and I wanted, you know, that's where I wanted to be. And then nobody's going to stop me. So that's what happened. One thing uh, that, that struck me about this match, I, I don't know if you recall this at all, and I wouldn't blame you if you didn't. The the, the match ends with, with a count-out. And, uh, you know, immediately after that, there's a, a lot of... Uh, brouhaha and, and the, the crowd want to want this whole thing to continue so uh, Vader calls it, uh, no you call Vader back in and uh, from there you, you keep on going at it and Vader hits you with a, a backdrop suplex and it it looked, <laughs> it was a really really rough uh, impact do you, do you remember having any neck issues through the, the rest of 91 at all? No I remember, I'm <laughs> Oh, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I remember 
saying that, you know, I mean, if he's going to be that careless of my, my career, I ain't pulling back. I mean, believe me, I lumped that son of a gun up. I mean, it was a two-way street. Mm. And, uh, you know, I was, I was still early in my career. If he'd hung around long enough, when I became a lot more seasoned in the mm-hmm. business, that'd have been great. I mean, I, you know, cause he didn't scare me. I mean, you know, he's a giant dude that could, was a badass, but it didn't, you know, I was okay with that. I mean, you know, anything he tossed, I laughed at him, not laugh, but I mean, it was just like, you know, he's going, damn, this guy won't stop. You know and I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah. So, and you know, I was going to get mine and we did, you know, and he was a hell of a worker. You know, I'm sad that he's passed and everything. Mm. He was, I mean, as good a big man as I've ever been in the ring with. For sure, as for sure. Talented, ever come, powerful, strong. Got it. I mean, just over like Rover, you know. But yeah, that's a. Just it was a it was a tough fit with Leon. <laughs> Uh, so fast forwarding a few years here, look at uh, March 21st, 94, and uh, you're challenging Shinya Hashimoto. This is at the time Hashimoto was uh, IWGP heavyweight champion, and this was uh, his fourth defense against you. And this this was back in uh, in Aichi. And uh, one of the things that uh, you know, a lot of people that have wrestled Shinya Hashimoto over the years um, have come to you know, or came to fear and despise the man's kicks but really right from the the outset of this match as well and and, uh, you know as you said similar to vader a very just a a really high pace to a a lot of these uh these main event matches at the time kind of a short but but incredibly intense like a a really intense physical style uh in the main event in new japan at the time yeah me and me and hashi had really good chemistry in the ring and believe me he let it rip them kicks were, I mean, they were solid. I, I mean, he, I mean, he just, and he sometimes got a little sloppy too. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I loved working Hashimoto. We had we had a great ring chemistry. See, now I'm I'm, I'm getting more seasoned. I'm more of a veteran, and I'm more way more comfortable in the ring. And yeah, me and Hashi had some great matches. I mean. uh, I think that's the match where a lot of the uh, WCW boys were in, in town, and they all they all second mm, the match, yeah. from, and uh, they were just blown away because I never got to work matches like that in, in New Japan or WCW. Mm-hmm. I was always in the ring three to five minutes, and it was just a short match gone. And they were just you know, me and Hashi went, that that was a hell of a match, and we went out there and just tore the house down. Mm. and high intensity from the beginning. And uh, I remember being in the locker room afterwards and Hashi comes walking in the into my locker room and uh, he's got a towel wrapped around him with a little shower kit and his little flip-flops on. He walks up to me, he goes, you crazy, man. You just, <laughs> you crazy. <laughs> says, man, great match, Hashi. And we just, you know, I love that dude, man. Me and him were really good friends outside of the ring, and he was a it just. But when it, when they rang the bell, it was like the evil Elvis. <laughs> the dude went, 
and I mean it. He was just he had a, the, the same kind of uh, he wasn't to give up an inch. You know, mm. it's another. You know, Hashi's gone. It's it's terrible. But yeah. he, me and him had really good ring chemistry, and uh, yeah, that match was uh, it was an awesome match. I I wrestled that match with a torn bicep. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, you think that son of a bitch would have took it easy on that thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it. You know, cause, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, he knew about it. You know, he knew I was injured, and uh, man, I mean, it was just my left arm was hanging off by a thread. <laughs> I mean, he landed so many kicks on me that you know that match was unbelievable. Inside, outside the ring. And, uh, yeah, that was, that's a memorable, a memorable match of mine. Hashimoto, there's, uh, you know, it's a, a lot of, a lot of stories that I think everybody that, that knew him, uh, can tell. He's certainly quite the, the character from, from what I gather. Uh, and oh, he's great. <laughs> quite the prankster I hear as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Hashimoto is, uh, He's a, you know, he, them young boys, he drove them crazy. Yeah. He always had something going on. You know, he come up to me one time in the locker room. It was after a match. It was like a Sunday afternoon match. And, uh, we're getting towards the end of a tour. And he says, Scottson. I said, yeah, I'm Hashi. He says, do me big, big favor. I said, what can, whatever, what can I do for you, Hashi? No problem. He says, you come back next tour, right? I says, yeah, yeah. He says, uh, bring me sawed-off shotgun. I says, Hashi, I can't bring a shotgun on the plane. Okay, just take it apart. You bring barrel one time. <laughs> and I'll never forget some of the stuff he did. It was just, it was crazy. On a day off, we had, we had two days off in Tokyo. And for... We didn't stay at the Kilo Plaza. We stayed at the Tokyo Dome, and I was bored to death. I think it was a junior tour too, because mm-hmm. I was on, the only like big American guy on there, and then there's some other guys from America. But it wasn't like the normal tour, and I'm losing my mind. I mean, we're sitting around two days, and it's just a lot of time off. So I'm walking around in this park area, and I see all these pigeons. So I'm just kind of like, you know, kind of be cool if I could feed them, right? So I see this bakery. I walk in and I buy a loaf of bread. And I go sit down on the park bench and I start feeding these pigeons. And they're all over the place. And all of a sudden, I notice off in the distance, I see Hashimoto with his wife and his kid. And he's sneaking up looking at me. And he's just like blown away. So finally, he comes, walks up, and he sits down. He said, Scott, son, what do you do? I said, I'm feeding the birds. Yeah. You, and it was just, we had the biggest laugh. You know, we sat there, we talked, and, you know, because sometimes, you, you, you know, you, there's nothing to do in Japan sometimes. Mm-hmm. It is a long tour, you get bored. And I'll never forget that. It was just, a, it was a funny moment that he and I shared. Uh, that was pretty cool. 
He's, uh, the, the the famous Hashimoto story is uh, you know him gathering a bunch of cicadas in the park all afternoon, and you know people running, what the hell is he doing with all these cicadas? And then he goes into Satoshi Kojima's room and lets all of these cicadas into his room. <laughs> so that oh, sure, he did <laughs> stuff like that all the time. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, Hashi is a little crazy, but he had a good heart. He was a good guy. He really was. <laughs> Good grief! Yeah, um, I mean that you know this this main event and and the the match we'll talk about in just a little bit with with Yuji Nagata a very different you know I think fans today um, watching kind of a, a main event sp- style especially in New Japan or uh, to an extent all over the world we're we're kind of conditioned often to expect like thirty forty minute. Uh, main events and, and a very lengthy main event and whereas here in the 90s as, as we said before just just so intense straight off the bat lots of of high impact and and a very very fast um you know 13 14 minute uh, main events were were not uncommon um how do you see that how what's your perspective on on how the 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 style in the ring has has changed in at the the main event level you know the styles change with the style i mean there's not a lot of big guys in New Japan anymore. I mean, it's not like the big rough and tough hill, you know. I mean, you got guys like, I'm, when I was on the Tokyo Dome a few years back and Omega mm-hmm. wrestled them in the main, mm-hmm. you know, the two top heavyweights, and I mean, they're, they're phenomenal, unbelievable professional wrestlers. But they're, you know, that's the cutting edge as far as a heavyweight in our day. Masa mm-hmm. wanted heavy. He wanted guys coming in, and he wanted you. To, you'd have to get hit with the ring truck just to even get hurt. <laughs> you know, I mean, he wanted big badasses that came in and ran people over, and that's what we did. Mm-hmm. You know, and our style was a little bit different. It was a high pace, vicious. Uh, you laid it in that. Now that's more that they got more personalities and more. You know, the showmanship is a lot different than what we're doing. I mean, you see guys like uh, Juice, you know, mm. his character, stuff like that. You know, great guy. I love Juice, man. He's a phenomenal worker and everything. But it's different than it was when we were, you know, it's almost, to me, it's like, but with us, it was, I mean, a bang, man. I mean, it ended up in a car crash. <laughs> and, it, you know, and it's just different, you know, and I mean... Yeah. uh Different styles. I mean, and you know, the thing about this, New Japan's killing it. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with what they're doing, brother. I mean, they're killing it, and they're they're a great company, and everything evolves. But I mean, you just look at. I mean, Stan Hansen, Brody, Bam Bam, myself, Steve Williams, Gordy, uh, Vader. You look at the guys. I mean, we're big, strong powerhouses. And usually we have the, our best matches with guys like Nagata or Chono, you know, a guy that's we got 100 pounds on, you know, because now they're working from the bottom up. They got to they got to defeat this big monster heel. And they got to cut you down, you know, and they got to, you know, it's different. But now it's a lot more evenly sized guys. I wrestled Lager on his birthday in his hometown one time. Mm. And they thought I was going to kill him. And they weren't even, they weren't really that upset about it. 
<laughs> but I mean, just the size difference, you know, and, uh, they just, you know, the Japanese at that point in time, their philosophy with us was the conquering the monster, you know, mm. bringing us down and de- defeating this un- unbeatable force, you know, these big, strong, you know, but, and then, you know, the heart of the Japanese wrestler, they never give up. They're just, you got to kill them, beat them. And, you know, and it just, it works, you know. I mean, look at the matches Muda had with Vader when mm. I was first there. They were unbelievable. And, you know, Leon would beat the living crap out of Muda for 80% of the match, and all of a sudden here comes Muda working his way back, working his way back up. You know, same thing with Fujinami. Fujinami knew how to do it phenomenally. You mm-hmm. know, Choshu was a little different. Ricky would be more like us in a, in a different way, but, you know, he would take a hold and do certain things. You know, what I was doing was, you know, it was going to end up in a high-impact kaboom, you know, so. <laughs> uh, the other match I wanted to talk about was uh, September 23rd, 98, which was uh, when you won your first IWGP Heavyweight Championship against Yuji Nagata. But that was... Um, Kind of really at at short notice, right? Because uh, Masahiro Chono oh, had yeah. been champion for a oh. month and then had to pull out with with his neck injury. Yeah, that was disappointing as hell. I mean, talk about getting a curveball tossed at you. But I've always had great matches with Nagata, and he's a hell of a worker. I mean, he's he's smart. He knows how to. Uh, well, at the beginning, he didn't. He listened to me. Or seriously, mm. you know, I, I groomed that son of a gun a little bit and, uh, yeah, he was super talented. He got over to people, worked hard. You know, he's another guy to kicks. They weren't quite as bad as, uh, <laughs> Ohashi, but they were still, they were there. And, you know, I had, I always had great matches with them and that, that IWGP match championship match. He was he was just like losing it. I mean, it, it was a big deal for him. Yeah, I remember going over in the match, winning the title, pretty much dominating them at the end, and they got a picture of him having me in a submission on the front of the magazines. <laughs> 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 and I guess I said, "Well, I did my job." I guess, but no, I've always <laughs> had a good match, Uji. And that, you know, I, me and Chono would have had a great match also. Yeah, yeah, he was hurt bad. It, it was. You know, he was, and you know, me and Chono had a, a long history too. We wrestled a lot. Mm. We did, you know, we we'd have done all right. But uh, yeah, Yuji, you know, he's had a great career. I guess he just turned fifty-one this last week here. And, yeah, he recently uh, had a bad, yeah. And uh, he was a hell of a wrestler, man. He was one of my favorite opponents. I love wrestling Yuji. Was I mean that at this point he was going back and forth from America as well, and and still a, a young guy, and uh, you know he and Manabe Nakanishi, who retired recently, um, was sort of in the midst of of an excursion with with uh, to WCW. Was there ever were, were you sort of taking guys like Nagata and and Nakanishi under your wing when when they were in America as as well? Were you sort of teaching them they, the American ropes? They didn't need it. They were 
they were different. They, you know, it was it was almost like, you know, they came into America. They they did their thing, man. They got situated. They got an apartment. They got all squared away. They learned, you know, how, the road and, you know, I mean, they they kind of assigned a guy to him from WCW. Mm. So he, you know, he was taking care of. But, you know, I paid. You know, always talking with him and always going back and forth with him, but. uh no, they didn't find it in the States. They actually they that was that wasn't even a I had a harder time getting along in, in Japan than they did getting along in the States. Put that <laughs> what was your biggest culture shock moment when, when you were coming into Japan, especially in those those early years? Oh boy. I mean uh spending so much time there, going periods of I mean a day without communicating with anybody sometimes. Mm. That you got around the guys in the ring. Some of the hotels, I mean, were just was brutal. They were so small. But I mean, I liked it right off the bat. I got to Japan, and you know, Masa and Atori, they're good to me right away. And uh, it seems like once I got going, I was always doing interviews in the afternoon, or doing a magazine here, or doing. They got me going to the radio, whatever. And then, you know, they, like Tayama always took care of me, helped me out. Tori was always cool with me, Black Hat. It was just, it, it was easy. People always say, you worked in Japan for that long, and you don't know how to speak Japanese. And I wish I'd have learned, because I always had somebody to do it for me. <laughs> and uh, all that time, you know, I sit there, the, I mean, at that point in in '98, you'd you'd been uh, sort of working so hard, so regularly um, for for nearly a decade, and then you know, I mean, circumstances being what they were with with Masahiro Chono, so you know, kind of an unexpected situation. But now, you know, finally um, being you know earning that that very top spot of being IWGP champion, and and you were the only only the third non Japanese to ever win it. You know, after uh, Vader and and Hashmikov, um, and the, and the first, as I said, in, in nearly a decade. So, you know, how much did did winning that title mean to you? Oh, it was awesome. I mean, it was just, it's what you wanted to be, you know. And uh, it was stressful a little bit because they put a lot of a lot of pressure on you, but mm. it's okay, you know. Uh, it was a great great run for me, and what we were doing there was. You know, that's what you worked for. I mean, all the matches leading up with guys like Fujinami and Choshu and all these, you know, there's a lot of struggle in the business and everything. Once you get to that, that point, you know, I mean, I had, you know, it was, it was a good feeling once I, where we went. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this was, uh, you know, at the, at the peak of NWA Japan, which, I mean, American fans know how big a deal the NWO was over there, but you know, just just give us some perspective because it was just as big a, a phenomenon in in Japan than it was elsewhere in the world. It was unbelievable. I remember the first time I came in to Japan when we're doing the NWO, and when I when I would first come fly to Japan in my early in my career. I always got off the plane and did interviews. There's always reporters there. There's always somebody there. 
And then after a while, that stopped. And it just went, you know, I just come in, I get my bags and roll. When we got off the plane, it was me, Bagwell, and Fon- Jeff, uh, NWO Sting. You see, if you seen the the group of reporters in that lot uh, in the airport, it was it was crazy. There was hundreds of them, and I'm going, "Holy smokes, this is crazy!" And we're going through, you know, and then we're doing all these interviews, and we didn't even know where to be interviewed. And it was just, it was awesome. We get to the Keogh Plaza, we walk in, and the whole lobby is nothing but NWO shirts and Japanese fans everywhere. And I'm going, this is crazy. I said, look at this. Because we, this is, that was the norm in the States. People would just, mm-hmm. it was, that's the way it was, man. New, NWO was the, the deal, man. So we get, you know, I get to my room, I call up. NWO Sting, Jeff, and I said, Do you, can you believe that? And he said, my, I, they're, they're loving this. I said, man, you know, and the next day we're supposed to leave like 11 o'clock. And they always told you to be on the bus 1030, we leave at 11. So that morning, got up, ordered breakfast, come out down the elevator, elevator doors open up, same thing. I'm just going, this is crazy. It took me five minutes to get from the, the elevator to the front door to the bus. And I mean, it wasn't a long walk. <laughs> so, good. so I get off of the bus. Here they got the, 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 the New Japan bus. It's all painted NWO. <laughs> they painted it black and they got the, this jet, badass paint job on the bus. And I'm just going, holy. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, they they were going all in on this NWO thing. Yeah, and that and that night at the arena, that it was unbelievable. Just like what was going on in the states. And when I told the boys back here in the states when I got back, they, oh come on! I said, I'm not kidding. These people are going nuts with this stuff. And I mean, Chono was the perfect guy to, to run be running the show for us. You know, I mean, he was the perfect personality i mean and mm. it just worked man and i mean these people went crazy for that and when when finally we we did a dome show and they brought the nwo over and hall and nass said to me says you weren't kidding i said i told you brothers and they couldn't believe it and uh you know i did a match years later for uh anokia i wrestled the peter arts Mm-hmm. And I'm in the ring, and I'm getting ready for this match, and wondering what the hell I'm doing, Russell, fighting a freaking world champion kickboxer. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, things happen, right? And also, I look over, and there's a group of people, and they're all wearing the NWO shirts, and I remember these people. I remember when they were young fans, and I'm just going, "This is nuts." They're still going with this stuff. And that was years later. Right. <laughs> that just, I mean, that was a big deal. And I mean, and the merchandise that they sold was amazing. It was insane. The merchandise, New Japan. We got to be such good buddies, good friends, you know what I mean? When we worked, we worked. I mean, when we went to, 
in in the circle mill there was uh it was on mm. but I just miss sometimes i mean it was it was great camaraderie with the guys and a lot of people don't understand how much well you know he says how can you do this for so long I said well you would too if you got if you got treated the way I was I mean I was being taken care of very well and uh it was just uh an awesome place to be um you know as, as we mentioned earlier and, and you brought up uh tiger um earlier on and and he retired last month have you have you spoken to tiger tory at all recently have you ever had the, the chance to catch up on him I, I i got to catch up with him uh the last time i came in for muda mm. it was it was uh nishimura oh yeah me and Nishimura, you know, he says, I take you out to dinner tonight. I said, beautiful. I meet another great friend of mine. I love Nishimura. So we worked at Corrigan Hall that night and, you know, had the match. It was good to see all the guys again, heroes, you know, uh, Tenzan, Kojima, all the boys were there. It was, it was a lot of fun showing all. And, uh, so, uh, Mr. Morris says, okay, we go. I says, all right. So got all cleaned up, you know, we hop in a cab and he takes you back to the, the Tokyo Dome Hotel. And I said, well, that's where I'm staying. He says, I said, he says, oh, we're eating here. I said, okay, good. And I uh, went to a Korean barbecue. And I go walk into the door and here's a Tory. So I got, it was me, Nishimori, a Tory, and... One of the young guys, one of the young boys. And we got just sat there and talked for, we had, the dinner lasted three, four hours. It was awesome. <laughs> and we reminisced about every crazy ass thing that we ever did that ever happened and all of our memories and, you know, the, the matches. And it was just great. And it was, it was really neat to catch up with them like that. And it was a surprise that I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> and uh i mean the whole night we just had these big smiles on our face it was great food we're in a private room and uh so yeah i really got to catch up really well there and uh it was nice i mean you know he he helped me a great deal throughout my career and he was a great referee in there right i mean uh what a career he had I, you know i mean you talk about going for a while man that dude is yeah, fifty years or so. <laughs> yeah, an incredible time. And uh, you know, Tiger now, it's, you know, he's, he's saying he'll he'll bounce between uh, Japan and New York and and continue to to do that. And uh, you know, he'll be uh, looking into doing more DIY. Apparently, a little bit more carpentry. As as you've been, um, you know, step back from from being active in in recent years. Um, what's what's been your your focus? As far as being out of the business? Yeah. My, well, you know, it's just kind of taking, you know, taking a break for all them years. I was on the road for, <laughs> I mean, it was crazy. We just, I, I, I tore myself up pretty bad, my body. Mm. I mean, mm. and it was, it was starting to fail on me. I mean, my knees were just shot. My shoulders were shot had, you know, some serious injuries that I never missed matches. I worked right through. 
And, it, you know, it wasn't that I wanted to, but I had to kind of, kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you miss it all the time. You think about it and how lucky you were to have done it. And, you know, but once you get out of it, you know, things start getting normal, you know, where you're, you know, when you wake up, it's the same, you know, the sun's up. <laughs> hey, like you're in another country, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning because you went to bed and <laughs> you're jet lagged out all the time. I mean, you're just not running in the ground, you know. And then, you know, it took a lot. It took a while to do this book. That was a, a lot of fun focusing on that. Just, you know, trying to be a good dude, just trying to transition into another life. And, you know, I often think I can go back and have another run in me, but, you know, it just didn't happen. It was okay. Mm. Yeah, I definitely uh, want to recommend a Strong Style, which is available wherever you can uh, you can get books in the moment and uh it's just a it's a tremendous read and uh strongly recommend it um scott thank you so so much for the for this time it, it's, it, we've had uh, some some great stories and, and a great conversation um if the uh, if the fans anywhere around the world want to get want to get in touch with you and and follow up on on what you're doing where where can they find you on on social media oh they can get me on, on my twitter facebook at Norton.com. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm out there, believe me. And, uh, you know, you can get the book on Amazon and it's doing quite well. I've had, you know, it was, it was cool as hell doing it. Uh, yeah, again, thank, thanks so much. And, uh, of course, if fans want to check out uh, any of Scott Norton's matches, you can go to njpwworld.com and, and see some of the phenomenal archival content from Scott Norton. So thanks again, Scott. And until next time on the New Japan official English podcast, Goki Genyo, sayonara.